Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common. Fight to the death as we decide which one is better. The winner lives on. The loser is cast into the fiery pit of movie hell. On this week's episodes, entering the arena first, in the red corner, hoping to take your breath away. It's the film that made a young Tom Cruise a bona fide movie star as jet planes and sexy volleyball collide to give us the highest grossing movie of 1986. Trying to come up out on top in this week's clash, it's Top Gun. I'm going to send you up against the best. Yes, sir. You two characters are going to Top Gun. I feel the need. The need for speed. Five weeks, you're gonna fly against the best fighter pilots in the world. You guys really are cowboys. I don't like you because you're unsafe. That's right. I am dangerous. And going up against Top Gun in the blue corner. If it ain't broke, don't fix it as almost the entire creative team from Top Gun reunites to find another way to have men shouting at men on radios while going fast in big machines. Hoping to be in pole position by the end of this week, it's Days of Thunder. Hold on a minute, don't you think we ought to talk? What, about how I'm going to run? Sure. About how you've managed to live as long as you have. Think you can drive? Oh, he can drive. He can drive beyond the limits of the tires, the engine, the car, anything else. There's nothing I can't do with a race car. So what connects these two films and which one does it better? Two movies enter. One movie leaves. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. Take me to bed or lose me forever. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Welcome to our show, a week where Top Gun takes on Days of Thunder. Chris's choices. Why? Because, well, it was suggested by some listeners. All right. Uh, Daniel Stokes and Michael G have both emailed this suggestion to us in the past. I'm sure people on Twitter have mentioned it too. But also, I thought it would be a good idea to get reacquainted with these characters in advance of the release of sequel Top Gun Maverick in May. Mm, May the 27th, I believe. Mm. Mm, date fans. Yeah. Are you excited? No. Cool. <laughs> you are, though, aren't you? I, you know, I'm a trailer addict and I watch the trailer and the trailer gives me goosebumps. Good goosebumps. It's amazing. Have you watched the trailer? No. no. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I like trailers too. <laughs> was, that, was that a pun? What's that now? The trailer gives you goose goosebumps. Bumps. See? Oh, that's uh, good. Uh, yeah, in fact, yes. Very good. Yes, it was. Yeah. You're welcome. Son of goose. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so. 
Top Gun versus Days of Thunder. On Twitter, what was the clue? Actually, what was the clue you gave last week first? Let's do it like we normally do. I can't remember. Oh, I can't either. But I remember <laughs> thinking at the time it was a weird clue. Um, yeah. Well, no, it wasn't. But I, remember I just can't remember what it was. was. Like my, my story is I remember thinking it was. You don't know, do you? No, do you want me to look it up? I mean, I'm quite interested. You don't remember, Vic. I really don't for some reason. The, you, you can say the clue in the pub. All right, the clue in the pub was... V, you were there. You're in the video. Oh, we're going to do some speed? Lots of speed? <laughs> Fine, yeah, yeah, close enough. Right, well, while Chris searches for last week's clue, um, I'll <laughs> tell you that we are on Twitter at ClashPod, also on Instagram at ClashPod, and the guessers landed in our inbox like F-14s on the deck of an aircraft carrier using that special hook on a stick or an arrestor hook, as it's called. Found it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so coming close this week, Pete White went with Top Gun versus Aviator, the Aviator, Marion Baudet and Liam P. Days of Th- Liam Muck P. Days of Thunder versus Rush. Uh, Tibbs said Days of Thunder versus Need for Speed. And cheers to Steve who said, "Don't suppose it's Alex's birthday." And it's Smokey and the Bandit versus Cannonball Run. Cannonball Run is not available in the UK at the moment. Found it. Crash of the Titles. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Because there's crashes in both films. Yeah. Yeah. I said it wasn't great. Well, it was not. It's, it was one of your weak. Oh, ones. how did we get on? How did we get on? Right. Uh, well, all right. Yeah, very good. Uh, congrats to our one champion. We only had one correct guess this week, which means what, Chris? It's perfect. The clues were perfect. Uh, congratulations, Aaron, who says I'm kind of hoping for Days of Thunder versus Top Gun, which would be an awesome pairing. Uh, well done, Aaron. Your prize is for me not to steal your credit card at our next live show <laughs> that you attend. For those who don't know, I stole Aaron's credit card uh, at our legendary first live show uh, to stop him buying tequila after we all crashed a wedding. <laughs> it's true. All, all of that is true. All of that is true. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Yeah. All of that is true. Uh, one extra tweet this week. Uh, special mention to Teniel Wilmot, who says, I'm a bit behind uh, in listening, so when I saw the episode drop today... I let out an ooh daddy in the office, <laughs> which I've decided is the correct response when you see the latest episode of Clash drop in your inbox. Ooh daddy. Lovely. <laughs> so connection section. What do you got? Are we doing it? Yeah, I think there's some good ones this week. All right. Well, well beyond the obvious about the director-producer combo, I've only got Tom Cruise on a bike, but he's always on a bike. Yeah, Tom so. Cruise uh, ferrying a loved one around on a bike as well. Yeah. Height differentials. Oh, yes. The actors are much taller than the actors in this film. Right. Mm. Well, do you want to go through that in a bit more detail? Because Roger Ebert, when he reviewed Days of Thunder uh, back in, whatever it was, 1990, uh, came up with the uh, nine rules for the Tom Cruise picture. Mm. Uh, I picked three of them, which I think work in this connection section. Uh, So the Cruise character, invariably a young and naive but naturally talented kid who could be the best if only he could tame his rambunctious spirit. (laughs) Here's number three of nine, the superior woman, usually older, taller and more mature than the Cruise character who functions as a mentor for his spirit while the male mentor supervises his craft. Nice. And finally, the proto-enemy, the bad guy in the opening reels of the movie who provides the hero with the opponent to practice on. At first, the Cruise character and the proto-enemy dislike each other, but eventually through a baptism of fire, they learn to love one another. Mm, I was actually writing a list of my own. Finds a father figure, Mm. uh, suffers a crisis of confidence, matures, returns a better man, succeeds. It's not just these two films. It's also Cocktail cocktail and Colour of Money. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sexual harassment. 
Oh, I don't think yes. you should be following a woman into the ladies' toilets when she said no. And there's some weird stuff she's doing with that doctor. Yeah. Well, yeah, he forces her hand onto uh, his trickle. <laughs> and she just, because of when it is, she just has to be like, that's basically fine, rather than getting him thrown out. <laughs> I don't know if someone's actually in hospital and they do that. You can kick them out of the hospital. I don't think Ill. you can kick them out, but you can call security. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But you're like... So, you know about that surgery, the life-changing surgery? You lose! Yeah, yeah, you're out, out the door. Right, on Thursday, I'm going to be lifting the hood on Days of Thunder, which means today, kicking off this clash, V is going to see if we've lost that loving feeling. For Top Gun, V takes on a journey. America, fuck yeah. A place so awesome, the people training to defend it have the resources to waste competing for a pointless trophy and time to play volleyball in their jeans. Because just like, when is a penis not a penis when it's an F-14? Well, when is an action movie not an action movie? When it's a sports movie, like Top Gun, where Maverick is a total fucking maverick and I think gets his best friend killed, even though the film spends about 45 minutes making sure we all know it was definitely not his fault, even though if it was his fault, wouldn't he have at least had the chance to learn something and then go about being a bit less maverick because being maverick gets people killed? But anyway, that doesn't matter because, like I say, this is a sports movie where the athletes work hard and play hard and the two star players have to overcome their differences and pull each other off. Sorry, that's a typo. My handwriting is shocking. Pull off aerial combat manoeuvres to defeat some baddies, baddies from nowhere. The end. Very good. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, So I saw this. I was quite old, actually. I was in my late teens, probably a student. Um, but the song you can see you're 18 years old for this film it's been out since 1986 right I see okay yep understood carry on yeah um, but the song is one of my earliest memories I loved this song so much but I was five so I didn't get it we're talking Berlin yeah right um, although I do like Danger Zone now as a grown up, obviously. But yeah, Berlin, take my breath away. It's the I remember the video, I remember being very little and I remember thinking that it was just brilliant and it was the first thing I remember loving that that I liked it. You know, normally when you're like five, six, you like stuff that your parents like or your older siblings or whatever else. But I was like, I this is my song, this is my jam. Yeah. I loved it. So there we are. That's my history with this film. Do you ever make out with a boy to it? Uh no. Oh. Well, because by the time I was old enough to do that. The song's from 1986. Oh, I see. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Make love to it. <laughs> I always laugh when you say that. I don't, I don't know. It's just nervousness, I guess. I don't know. I just, I never say that. Is it because I stare at you a bit too long as Possibly, I say? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, right. John, come on. Keep it together. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have looked at you and said, make love. <laughs> All right, Chris, when did you first do this? <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I would go around to my best friend's house, Matthew Kitteridge, a.k.a. Kit Kat, <laughs> and watch videos. And I was very interested in watching Steve Martin films and Chevy Chase films and Eddie Murphy films. That was my jam. But his elder brother, Daniel Kitteridge, wanted to watch Top Gun all the time. Therefore, I watched Top Gun a lot. And I lost touch with those people. But I looked up Daniel oh, Kitteridge Kit on LinkedIn um, he he became a Navy pilot. No! Um, what? A multi-crew aircraft commander, and he's now an instructor and an examiner. You lie! <laughs> he's, a, he's Top Gun! Yes! <laughs> Fucking hell! He did it. He made it happen. Oh, my God! So I was really pleased to see that. That's amazing. Well done, Daniel. That's incredible. Uh, wow! That's possibly one of the greatest moments of Clash so far. <laughs> yeah! I love that. Fantastic. Lovely stuff. Um, How are you, Alex? 
We should have. I shouldn't have said make love, and we should have done you last because <laughs> anything I say now is not going to be quite as good. That's true. I watched it in the late eighties, and I did not like it. Mm. I was into car chasers, and I didn't really enjoy plane action. And also, even in my sort of like, well, how old would I have been? It's not even ten. I already knew that the guys in this movie weren't my guys. Mm. They were frat boy jocks, and I was more of an Egan Spengler in Ghostbusters. <laughs> and he's not represented here, so I couldn't even relate to the fighter pilots. So there was not a lot in this movie for me. That's a shame. There is an opportunity, isn't there, for like a, me- a mechanic geek in this film who could occupy that role for you. Yeah, I guess the closest to it is Goose yeah. a bit, but he's still a mm, bit like, you know. Bro. You mm. could have had a mechanic geek called Eugene. Yes. That's what he would have been called. Mm. Yeah, this yeah. is the 80s. Yeah, of course. Okay, mm. well, let me tell you something about this film. All right. um, so, yeah. Infused? <laughs> I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Like, there's so, well, I'll just cut to the end of the research, but I'll, I'll come back to it. There has a lot been said about this film in the intervening years about it being responsible for the death of cinema as we knew it. Um, because oh, there's a connection there, because Days of Thunder was the death of something, <laughs> which we'll talk about on Thursday. Oh, okay. Um, just because of its, of the, of what Bruckheimer and Simpson went on to do after this, but pioneering which was started by Jaws of course but obviously like the high concept pitch and packaging a film based on music stars visuals rather than primarily story it's a very snobby way of looking at things but it does also hold water because we are in a bit of a weird situation with cinema at the moment was it called the anti-auteur movie yeah 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 yeah, but it also doesn't help that the, the the pitch was when they had writers in, they showed them the photo of the pilot and said, "This is the concept." Yeah, and watching the writers talk about this, we all they all say we said to them, "That's not a concept. <laughs> yeah. That's a photograph." It's a photograph. Yeah. <laughs> so it, so it's not snobbish. So I mean, they they were thinking that cynically about yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. The yeah. concept in the end became Star Wars on Earth. Yes. So that's the thing. So there's an article from a, a magazine piece from 1983, and the writer called Ehud Yone, and he wrote about. Um, a radar intercept officer and an F-14 pilot and they're training in, you know, what becomes like the Top Gun school. Um, And it was a very, I've read a bit of it, it's quite long, very detailed, very visceral, very um, descriptive piece about what it's like to be in an F-14. And it's amazing. Bruckheimer and Simpson find it and say, this is Star Wars on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Which, fine, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I get it. So... They uh, they wanted the Navy to help them out with it because Don Simpson had been on an officer and a gentleman. And if you don't have the Navy, then you just spend a lot of money pretending that you've got the help of the Navy. So, for instance, in Top Gun, they got to use real F-14s. They got to use real pilots. And all they charged them was like the fuel and the wages rather than, you know, everything else. So they saved a bit of a fortune there. Um, but the Navy did make a few changes to the script. Ooh. Um, but nothing I mean yes nothing like hugely exciting it was just like try not to get as involved in an actual war kind of thing by making Top Gun there's we'll get to it but there's like the the baddies are no one on purpose but the baddies weren't always no one Um, and Charlie the character of Charlie you know it's actually against the law that you can have she was going to be part of Top Gun as well officially but rather than be like an outside contractor but that you can't do that you can't have relationships within Top Gun school for obvious reasons I guess. Why are you looking at me like that? No, no, no. no. I'm just... Okay. Yeah. Fine. So, I just, uh, do you know what it was? I forgot Kelly McGillis's character was great. called Charlie. So, mm, you're confused. <laughs> yeah, I've, that, was, that was my confused Who's face. Who's Charlie? <laughs> like, That's right. Charlie. Yeah, she's in it. He, she. Yes, mm. very good. So they also hired a real-life Top Gun instructor called Pete Pettigrew. There's a very funny quote from him. He's there to try and make it realistic, but obviously, and we'll get into that, there was a lot of writers involved and it just slowly becomes less a realistic depiction of what it's like to go through that school and more 
a music video in the sky mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he said at one point, I'm just trying to stop it from becoming a musical, which mm-hmm. I think is very funny. And of course, Pete Pettigrew went on to be a Harry Potter villain. So yeah. hell of a career. <laughs> hell of a career Vipers had. Wow. The things this movie has done for people. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of passes on the script, including one by Chip Proser, who is our friend from Inner Space. But that's after this, but still, we like Chip Proser. Greatest name for a writer ever. Uh, yeah, that's true. And then basically, lots of rewrites and all the rest of it and a script doctor but we'll get to that So, but the writing credit goes to Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr mm. they did Anaconda which yeah. I didn't realise and it's our th- their third appearance on the show they did Turner and Hoots as well we know what we like yeah. don't we <laughs> and also I think we should do another of their movies at some point soon Dick Tracy yes. yeah we did talk about that but what yeah. were we going to put it with it wasn't available I don't think at oh, the yeah. time yeah so um there's a version that Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. did where the baddies at the end are North Korean, but there is also a version where the baddies are Russian. And so the film was offered to John Carpenter. He turned it down because he was like, this will start another war if you fight, if you shoot the Russians out of the sky. Um, so he doesn't want it. Then you've got Tony Scott. I mean, I haven't seen The Hunger, but that didn't go down very well, did it? Which was his thing prior to this. It's a it's a music video basically for two hours. Oh, that's perfect mm-hmm. for this. Yeah, well, Simpson, Simpson and Bruckheimer are the few people that liked it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the few people that liked it. But he also said that he'd um he'd shot an advert for Saab where uh, you'll remember the advert probably it's yep. a car racing a jet. I yes, remember. I do remember. It. It was so, in the UK. Yeah, and so they were like, bang, you're that, you're that is it. Yeah. Yes, you just <laughs> you've just passed the audition. That is it. All right, so casting so. Tom Cruise has just done Legend with Ridley Scott, who I don't know if you know this. It's Tony Scott's brother. Mm. Crazy. Mm. So anyway, Simpson and Brookhammer say they really wanted him. I've read in lots of places that oh, lots of other actors were considered. And then you read just as many articles where they were like, it was only ever Tom Cruise he wanted. So who knows? But I'm sure it sounds better to Tom Cruise now if they're like, we only ever wanted you. Yeah, I mean, and they said, to be fair, they said he kept turning it down. He did, yeah. Mm. So what did they do? They... He kept turning it down, and then they put him in a plane, and then he said yes. Yeah, but they've got they've got fo- they've got footage of this day where he goes there because he's got long hair from Legend. Yeah, and the pilots thought he was some hippie showing up, and so they <laughs> thought we're going to put him through the ringer. Yeah, and they made him really sick, but. Mm. He loves it. He's told me that story. It was a, a pilot mm. who's actually one of the pilots in the film. Yep. Uh, Bozo. 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 Bozo, yeah. Yep. Bozo really, like, he, he he took the piss. Like, he was doing, like, <laughs> rolls and loop the loops and shit, like, stuff that is, like, and it was his first cruise, first time to play, and he was, like, he threw up in the cockpit. Well, yeah, where else are you going to throw up? Yeah, open the window. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then you just got to have the rest of the flight with it, like, sloshing around. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. No, no, no. So anyway, yeah, he didn't want it. Goes in a plane. Then he wants it. Um, and um, Val Kilmer, so I read a little bit of his excellent, excellent book, I'm Your Huckleberry. <laughs> mm. And it. uh, it's brilliant. Um, he I'm said... Your Huckleberry. <laughs> Why have we done two things? <laughs> he said he didn't want it at all. I didn't care about the film. The story didn't interest me. My agent, who also represented Tom Cruise, tortured me into at least meeting Tony Scott. So there's two parallel stories, which is one that he was under contract and he had to do it. So despite his throwing his toys out the pram about it, he sort of had no choice. But in I'm Your Huckleberry, he's very good natured about it because I suppose it's not the done thing to be like, yeah, I fucking had to. And he's just said that Tony Scott's enthusiasm, he was doing like... <laughs> it would do impressions of planes to like get him on board and but was particularly enthused and kind and energetic about Val Kilmer in particular about his performance and they said they just had the best time then there's a weird story in there about him and Tom Cruise having a little bit of rivalry to try and intensify their character stuff and he hid a bottle of champagne in a field 
and I read the sentence a few times mm. and he's like, I played a great prank on Tom mm. and I hid some champagne. Mm. No, I saw him tell the story. <laughs> what, what is this I didn't story? understand the story. <laughs> no, I did no. What, no. you actually visually saw him yeah, tell the story yeah. in the interview? So it's on the behind the scenes of the DVD, yeah. And it, was there any more information than that? No, then no. Tom had to go and find go the bottle of champagne <laughs> yeah. and it was really far. And it was far, and it made Val Kimmer laugh a no. lot. And the, it, the other thing is... It was an anecdote, if I'm yeah. honest. <laughs> it was far. I think that was the point. Wait, listen, sorry, let me t- I, I missed out a key part to this story. The champagne, it wasn't nearby in the field. <laughs> it was far. So, so wait, so Tom had to go further than the initial telling of the story would have led you to believe. Now you know the full picture. I would get that if it was me hiding a bottle of anything, anything. in a field near you and you going, where is it? And me going, it's far. Yeah. But also the bit I read was like, oh, it was expensive champagne. As if when he found it, he'd be like, and this was always expensive. So it's even more of a prank. It doesn't make any sense. Hide a pint in a field is the same as hiding a bottle of Moet in a field. I don't get it. I mean, it was clear. There's footage from that Val Kilmer documentary of the behind the scenes that Val took. There's there's stories that are told on the DVD. It's clear that this film was a massive piss up yeah. for all those actors in it, apart from Tom Cruise, yes. who was really feeling the pressure. He was carrying the weight of this film on his shoulders. He's in every scene. These guys are in once or twice a week and the rest of the time they're in Val Kilmer's... Um, truck, Fields. his bus, his mini bus yeah. and he's driving them across the border into Mexico mm. so they can party hard. Yeah, I don't understand why Tom would go, oh I better find it then. Exactly. That's the that's the real yeah. question. It's no, like if Val Kilmer goes, time for this. <laughs> yes, I have <laughs> wait, I've been in a bottle of champagne <laughs> far oh, okay. in that field. Like, I don't care. Great, have fun pal. Yeah. <laughs> have a good time. I'm working. Probably so. going to go shoot this scene. <laughs> Probably going to go make this movie. <laughs> Um, Matthew Modine turned it down. <sighs> okay. Because uh, it didn't gel with his politics. Ali Sheedy turned it down. Who knows? Um, so Charlie is Kelly McGillis. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, <laughs> what? that's all I've got to say about that. Sorry, it's just the way you said that. It was like Matthew Modine turned it down. Like, I just don't he, care. He went, like... for the, he went for the Charlie role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Matthew Modine turned down Maverick. Right. Oh, no, or Iceman. I actually can't remember. Mm. Who, whatever. Matthew Modine's not in it. He's not in it. Right. That's the key thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I said before at the top of the show that uh, this high concept movie it can be pitched in 30 seconds. It's sold on the visuals, the effects or the music. So given all of that, the soundtrack to Top Gun is a very big deal. Um, the amazing Giorgio Moroder, who I love, worked on the music. Kenny Loggins and Berlin on the soundtrack. The Berlin song won an Oscar and the soundtrack is one of the best-selling soundtracks of all time. Rightly so. It broke the band up though, Berlin. It did, didn't it? Yeah, because the guys in the band hated the song and thought it was too commercial and wasn't what they wanted to do. Yeah. And it was the beginning of the end, uh, Terry Jeez. says, the, the singer. I, I don't have a frame of reference for their work pre-Top Gun, <laughs> so I can't or, speak to that. Or post. Or post-Top Gun. <laughs> so yeah. you know this song. But they have sung mm. one of my favourite songs of all time. It makes me feel five years old. You just go, oh my God. I heard, then, like, I heard her talking about it. She said that she was singing it from a position of someone saying, wouldn't it be nice to have someone say that because she didn't have someone in her life. She was very sad and melancholy the day she sang so them. So she was oh. asking for someone to take her breath yeah. away. I yep. thought it was about an orgasm, but not when I was five, but when I was a grown-up. I think it really is. I think it might. And she refused. I think, I think Chris read a smash hits interview, and that's what she said in that magazine because she couldn't. And say. also, my favourite nail varnish is red. Uh, and she refused to sing it at the Oscars. 
Why? Because when they she won to, an Oscar? Because they wanted her to do it as part of a medley and she want, she said, I'll only do the whole song and so they said no and she still regrets that to this day. Yeah. She obviously thought she was going to get another one and she didn't. Um, <laughs> um, I didn't know how the guys in the band were feeling that day. No. Mm. God, what a downer. Mm. We won an Oscar. Oh, we're breaking up. It'd be awful if the guys you work with had Machiavellian conversations about the future of a product, um, like yeah. a band or anything, and you just weren't privy to those. And then one day they just sort of say, Yeah. Listen, listen. We're not feeling this. <laughs> and imagine mm. if the person in that situation is like, "I am four or five chess moves ahead of you, <laughs> <laughs> and I've already meet my new two best fr- man friends." Mm. And it'd be Fucking weird. Whoever Dick and Dom, whatever, don't matter. It'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's who we're replaceable with. That's that's offensive. Imagine if when that person mentioned suggestions like Dick or Dom, <laughs> the the chess moves were brought forward a lot quicker than had been previously discussed. <laughs> so. Doing like an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding the music, though, they they had what they call a cattle call, where they screened um, the film for a bunch of rock stars, basically yeah. all sitting there watching it. And Kenny Loggins said everyone went away and wrote songs for the aerial combat. He said I went and wrote one for the volleyball scene because I knew no one else <laughs> would do that. And he said that's how we got that gig. But um, Giorgio Moroder wrote uh, Danger Zone with his PA. Really? Yeah, and it was his PA who helped work on his car and fancied himself as a lyricist. Yep, and um, and is correct. <laughs> they wrote the song. Toto was supposed to sing it. Yeah, they dropped out. Loggins <laughs> filled in at the last minute, and he said that he'd been listening to a lot of Tina Turner at the time. Sure, the kind of rock soul that she was doing at the time, and so he says that's why I was singing Danger. He said, I don't, <laughs> he says, I don't know why I did it. It sounded <laughs> cool on the day, and now I'm stuck using that. Yeah, and it's brilliant. So don't moan. <laughs> Okay, Uh, so unless there's anything else, I will talk about this film for a bit. mm. Great. Okay, title card. Top Gun is a school for elite naval pilots. The top 1% and what we will come to understand of the best of the best. Mm. But they don't say it in the title card and I think that's a mistake. March the 3rd, 1969, it was created. Great. Mm. That's not... Oh, no, I thought that was your birthday. It's not. Is it? Yeah. I I always think it's the 4th. I really wouldn't have picked up on it if it wasn't. (laughs) June the 17th, you know 1969. Well, because I think your birthday's the 4th of March every year, I did wonder what you were talking about. I never forget. I always remember. I know I, you do. I know, yeah. but I do every year and I put it in my diary wrong. I bought me brownies this year. I, I always think Chris's is a leap, the leap day as well. I always yeah. think his is the 29th and it isn't, no, is it? No. Okay. It'd be a lot younger if it was. <laughs> yeah. Good one. Hello. Anyway, so we're going to meet some naval pilots to freaking danger zone, as we've established, which I think is maybe the best scene (laughs) we'll come back to. I think all of the aerial camera work, I think the aircraft carrier, I think all those bodies on deck waving it in, that fucking hook on a stick or whatever that is. The arrestor hook. The arrestor hook. Mm. I just think it looks absolutely brilliant. It's a weird thing that it looks like, I know it's because the sun is setting, but it looks like an aircraft carrier in a sandstorm, Mm. which doesn't make any sense because it's in the Indian Ocean, Mm. but it just looks brilliant and I could watch that all day. It's great, but they genuinely, I don't know whether in real life aircraft characters are that hot because no. everyone is dripping. Like to yeah. the point where I think you'd struggle to do your job as a radar operator because of the sweat pouring into your eyes going, there's 
three bo two bogeys. No, it's, just, it's, yeah. just, it's sweat dripping down the radar screen. 100%. There's, there's a scene towards the end where they're being told, you know, there's, the enemies are here and Tom Cruise is so glistening with sweat, you would wonder about his health, as in, <laughs> I don't actually think you're fit to fly because yeah. you're having a heart attack. I was worried that Strickland from Back to the Future was going to drown <laughs> in his own sweat at one point. <laughs> oh, he should be in this more. He's yes. so good. Yes. <laughs> so let's meet our guys. Um, they're not quite the best of you're the You're going to be flying rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. He's brilliant. Mm. He is brilliant. Um, Maverick and Goose anyway they're second best to Cougar but during some manoeuvres actually which I did notice the pilots are told the, the reason the line is here is so you can reverse it later but they say do not fire until you are fired upon and I was like well that just solves all war that's awesome if no one ever fires until they're fired upon we don't have a problem you don't need an aircraft carrier anymore anyway it's there for later so when they say you can now fire yeah I guess you're right actually I am right yeah yeah, yeah. how does that feel <laughs> Normal. <laughs> sort of usual, really. So you've got Cougar and Merlin and Maverick and Goose. Yeah. What would your call signs be? Wow. I'm trying to think of something funny. I was thinking in, in the spirit of Iceman, mm. I think um, you'd be Dense Bone <laughs> and you'd be Red Face. Oh. oh. I thought I was oh. going to come off worse. Oh. <laughs> she laughed and then she stopped. Yeah. Right, Okay. Have you given one to yourself in this? <laughs> Eagle. <laughs> Red Fox. I don't know. Uh, brave. I, cool dude. Cool. Hero. Hero. When I, when I played hockey. Legend. Probably. Probably legend. <laughs> when I played hockey, I was I had no skill, but I was quick. And one of the dads used to call me Turbo. And when I was running with the ball, he'd go, go Turbo, go. And I'd start laughing and fuck up. <laughs> Just embarrassed, humiliating. <laughs> Uh, you're not being turbo. Right then, uh, what's next? <laughs> right, what's the next bit? <laughs> what happens now? What happens now? I'm, I'm uncomfortable with Chris being turbo and me being dense bones. Dense I'm, bones. I'm happy with you being red face, if I'm honest. <laughs> I mean, this, but the thing is, you don't do it. It's going items. red. It's red neck, if anything. It, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> And it is redneck, if anything, because, Chris, mm. I do wear makeup to <laughs> assist with the flushing issue. Imagine when I'm menopausal, which I probably will still fucking know you. Imagine, <laughs> imagine how much... I mean, soon, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not already. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. There's no way of knowing because I'm permanently pissed off about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought you'd gone through it all. <laughs> thought we'd be on that. Well, I'll be sure to let you know. Um, right, okay, the next bit is... <laughs> do you not wish you'd just gone on with the next bit now? Then I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do I'm gonna look behind me. Mm. Right, fuck it, let's take a break. There you go. <laughs> the advertisers love it when you go, fuck it. Sorry, no let's way, I'll do it We'll take that out. Mm. All right. Um, fuck it. You've still got to go in the mic. You've still got to... <laughs> Let's have a break. Hey, Nesquik cereal. <laughs> Did she just say fuck it? Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So, because um, Cougar kind of loses it in the air. Well, put it simply... What is Cougar doing in an aeroplane? Yeah, he doesn't seem cut out for it. Uh, absolutely not. Surely at some point you are trained in pilot school for a missile lock on your aircraft and you don't immediately go, my kids, my, kids, my, my yeah. wife, look, this photo that I'm allowed to have on my dashboard. <laughs> is it a dashboard? I don't know. <laughs> but it's like, suddenly he's like, can't do anything anymore. So he, yeah, but he, but also he gets to quit, which is an interesting decision because I would have assumed he would be fired. Like you, there is no room not to be this person, but for that in the navy kind of thing. Really forgiving. Strickland is like, don't worry about it, man. Yeah, He's yeah. Like, no, 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 I'm out. He's like, no, Stay. Like, seriously, that happens to everyone all yeah, the time. All the time. We're pretty shit, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. So even though Mavericks. Wait, Mavericks' ego is writing checks. His body can't cash. Is that right? It didn't make any sense when I heard it. It makes it's just because it's such a well-known line. It does make sense, but it just seems to come out of nowhere. But it doesn't matter because it's a great line. Mm. It's yeah, you're, because he does his maverick stuff. His and his ego doing that is going to get him killed. That's what that means. Yeah, I, I always thought it was your ass can't cash. No, in here it's body. I know it's his body here, but I thought when I've used it, when you've used it. Oh yeah. <laughs> He says it to me all the time. <laughs> I'll, I'll when, t- when have you used it? To Chris. Yeah, really? After, after, reco- yeah. after recordings, often on a yeah. Tuesday, he'll say it to me. Because a little bit of a devil yeah. and he's had to keep if, you yeah. in line. If he's, if he's got a little bit cocksure, a bit, 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 bit turbo, mm, I've been like, I've been like in that, on that episode, your, your ego is writing checks that your ass can't And cash. I say thank you for alerting me. <laughs> it's a learning experience and I'm always open. We're growing together. Yes, you are. <laughs> all right, anyway, so... They get to go to Top Gun School to learn aerial <laughs> combat manoeuvres, which is also known as dogfighting. And yeah, the lost art of dogfighting. I didn't get that at the start. Was dogfighting a lost art? You know, the text that comes up at the start and he goes, they learn the lost art of dogfighting. I was like, well, so I'm aware of dogfighting. I wonder if... And because then of I've, missiles. Yes. So back in the day, your spitfires and your whatnot, mm. no missiles, just guns, so you're chasing after each other. Right. But missile lock, does that get rid of dogfighting? It does, yeah. I mean, I'm making that up, As but it pilot, sounds right. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, who, who am I talking to? An actual pilot. And it sounds like the new Top Gun, it's going to be about the drones now taking over. So literally, these people will be out of a job. Oh, out of a job. Yeah. And Miles Teller plays Bradley Rooster, Bradshaw. Right. Goose's son. Goose's son. Mm. He's got the moustache as well. Yep. Oh. Uh, so anyway, they get to compete in this made-up trophy. Um so mm. there is no trophy in <laughs> real life. Most trophies made up. No, so the comp. Well, no, most. Tro- what do you mean? As in, they don't exist. If well, I gave you a someone trophy, creates doesn't... a trophy system. They don't. Yes. It's not like a, it's not a natural occurrence. Like this has been on the earth for all time. I suppose what what I've done there. A trophy is a noun, and I've used it as uh, something else. I mean, a competition. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's it's not just that they don't have the competition though. The Top Gun School actively discourages yes. competition. They, as Pettigrew said, if there was a trophy, everyone would be crashing into each other yes. in the name of winning. Mm. So it's it's sort of 
goes against all of their principles. Yeah. He said, no one would ever, this is Pete Pettigrew, if there was a trophy, no one would ever graduate. You don't understand the intensities of these guys. Everybody would die. <laughs> <laughs> but he also said, never He's let... funnier in Harry Potter. <laughs> He's funny, yeah. He said, never let the truth get in the way of a good movie. And he's very circumspect about it. Yeah. It's just, he did his best. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're at Top Gun School. And <laughs> it's Mav- great though, isn't it? What? When Viper goes, that's pretty arrogant. I like it. Yeah, everybody likes him. Yeah. He never gets told off about anything. I just wish he used that more. He's like, that's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> your body's writing checks, your ass can't cash. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> uh, so Maverick meets Iceman and they make eyes at each other across the classroom. So that's, we're going to get into this now. So in our recent section, what does Quentin Tarantino think? Or I can't <laughs> believe you've not done this, the QT on the QT. Good. Do you want to hear a bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. i got a little bit of the speech. Yeah, go on then. Oh, sorry, this is from the film... Sleep with me, is it? Yeah. yeah, okay. Top Gun is fucking great. What is Top Gun? You think it's a story about a bunch of fighter pilots? Yeah, it's about a bunch of guys waving their dicks around. It is a story about a man's struggle with his own homosexuality. That's it. That is what Top Gun is about, man. You've got Maverick, all right? He's on the edge, man. He's right on the fucking line, all right? And you've got Iceman and all his crew. Right. They're gay. And they are. They represent the gay man, right. all right? And they're saying, go. Go the gay way. Go the gay way. He could go both ways. But about Kelly McGillis, right? Kelly McGillis, she's, she's, she's heterosexuality. She's saying, no, 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 no. Go the normal way. Play by the rules. Go the normal way. And they're saying, no. Go the gay way. Way. Be the gay way. Go for the gay way. Right. That is what's going on throughout that whole movie. What is- and he goes on and on and yeah. on and on. But you get the gist. I do get the gist. Um, there is a line here that I'd never spotted before where it doesn't Slider say about something that gives me a hard on. Mm. And Iceman goes, don't tease me. <laughs> yeah. I was, I mean, I always thought it was subtext before. I did. Mm. Yeah, I missed that line. I mean, Charlie's wearing, so later on when he's talking about Kelly McGillis as Charlie wearing... Uh, what could be perceived as more masculine clothing in the lift later. She's got a baseball cap on because she had a new haircut. That's all it is. Yeah, I know. Um, I thought she was disguised as a man to try and sneak into his shower room. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. That's okay. what I thought. When did you think that? You know, like Bob in Blackadder. <laughs> <laughs> so but what I would say is there are, you know, there are justified um, queer readings of this film. But Maverick is ostensibly straight in that he he likes to sleep with women, so <laughs> he is he's a, he's a bit of an exemplary heterosexual in that he harasses a woman at a bar by getting twelve men to shout a ballad at her, and then when that doesn't work, improbably he follows her into the toilet to see if she wants to shag on the sink, mm. which I, it's not good. <laughs> It's a different time, Vicky. Oh, really? Mm. What a heartbreaker he is. Yeah. $20, uh, he was bet as well. So it is for a financial exchange as well. <laughs> Gooser bets him $20 for carnal knowledge of a lady on the premises. Why do you have to bet it? I, just, I don't get it. Like We don't do that. Everything's more exciting when you gamble. That's true. Uh, it's just the singing, shouting, you've lost that loving feeling at it. When you look at the position of where she is at the bar... By herself, there's no. Other, I can't see any other women, and there's just these men yelling <laughs> this song at her. It's quite intimidating. It's also why flash mobs are awful. It's, yeah, it predates the flash mob, but it's like why I don't like flash mobs. It's like you feel trapped by them. They're very yeah. claustrophobic. It once seems you're to improbably in work the mix on her. How many know. times have you been in a flash mob, Alex? Been, I was caught in one once in really? Leeds, Leeds City Centre, and I, I did not like it. No, was it for was you? Was it directed at you? Yes. Telly, yeah. But it, that's how a flash mob feels. You feel like you've been pranked. Like, right. Sure. 
I, I didn't like it at all. I find I find them threatening. They're, if I could ban flash mobs, I would. I mean, they, there hasn't been one for about five or six years, I don't think. Yeah, but this is they're kind of cyclical. Yeah. They, they sort of dip and you think, oh, I'm safe. And then bang, <laughs> like that. Suddenly. I can go to Liverpool Street train station. Right. And, and then, then you, you go. you're waiting on the platform, you're looking at the timetable and you're completely in your own little world. And then suddenly all these fucking kids pop out like from dance class and start throwing shapes in your face in time with each other. No. Also known as dancing, Awful. yeah. Pettigrew said that they would sing a Ramon song, The Real Life Guys, and it wouldn't be directed at a girl. Right. They'd all get together, uh, sing a Ramon song, change the words to be ruder and having a laugh when they were a bit pissed. Yeah. But he also said on nights like this, we wouldn't be wearing our white uniform no. and we wouldn't be pounding beers the night before we were going to fly. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> but he said that the week after, he said there were only 18 instructors at Top Gun at mm. the time. The week after the film came out, that same officers club was full of 100 instructors <laughs> in those uniforms claiming to be instructors anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he said it completely changed the scene. <laughs> So it turns out that Charlie, well, she's not just some girl in a bar that doesn't want to have sex on the sink. She <laughs> is a freaking aviation specialties expert, something, with the ear of the Pentagon. And the, so they're in the scene where she's teaching these lads, <laughs> like, what's going to, like, she's a hardware specialist. And Maverick is just like, yeah, okay, if you say so. Like, I'll take you on your word that you know what you're talking about. Like, he's meant to be a bit of a prick, I get it. And he is a bit of a prick. But he does know stuff that she doesn't know. Yeah, but he's very patronising towards her. You yeah. You can, you can tell her that in a, in a variety of ways. Yeah. The trouble is, what the script is, I get I just, it. I just like the fact that, because, like, she doesn't know who he is. Like, but she does know who he is, but she doesn't know it's him. She knows about this pilot who inverted above a MiG because yeah. it's gone down in legend. Yeah. And he knows that that's a pretty cool thing to do. My problem is that you're not told early on. Like when you see that happen, you don't realise how it's special it is. Yeah, that's true. And I really wish they'd had some reaction shots yeah. in that moment where people cannot believe what he's doing. That's such a good point. By the time you get here and you're like, fuck, was it that unique? Was that like the best thing anyone's ever done in a plane? Yeah. You've forgotten it. That's true, because he does it for a laugh as well. He doesn't mm. do it for any other reason. That's a very good point. Um so, but what they're doing in you know in a million films is if you want to you want to have a romantic arc in the story, you set two people apart and then they come together, and so you do that with a little bit of what you two always call negging, which is just being mean <laughs> to each other. Or whatever. We don't call it negging. Oh. We're quoting the game that Chris and I read on an evening. <laughs> yeah. Neil Strauss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I'd never heard of. He's our generation's George Bernard Shaw. <laughs> really. <laughs> so anyway, but you see that all the time, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I. Tom Cruise actually features it in the book, The Game. Because of Magnolia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that scene, actually, in that. But it's a great scene. It is. It's a brilliant film. Um, but, you know, it's it works when there are sparks. We talk a million times on this podcast about when you've got two romantic leads and sometimes there's just nothing there. And I know that this film is quite famous for this uh, romantic relationship. It's, for me, there's just nothing there at all from this point on until <laughs> the end of the film. You might disagree. I don't know. I agree. Yeah. You see sparks between Goose and his missus. Mm. Oh, you yeah. You don't see sparks between these two people. Well, then, so then we're back in the shower room. So that we're talking about negging and stuff. There's a scene with Iceman, which is very charged. So that might be aggression or it might be sexual energy or it might be both. Iceman, I think, is supposed to be a bit of a dick. I think that's my that's supposed to be your reading of him, but yeah. he seems quite reasonable. Yes, he he's, does now. He's the hero of this film, yeah, yeah. and Maverick is the villain. Yeah, and yet they're not portrayed that way. But yeah, as Basically, a kid, I definitely thought Iceman was a villain. It's only now, as an adult, you go, well, everything. I I, I was ex- I was like, is this the same character? Because mm. as a kid, you're like, what a dick! Yeah, how dare he? And now you're like, 
speaking sense, it's making that, sense. It's that karate kid thing. He's actually saying it quite reasonably as mm. well. Like. It's the karate kid thing, though, where Johnny is now the hero of Cobra Kai <laughs> because yeah, yeah. someone did a YouTube video pointing out that it's kind of shitty what happens to Johnny in Karate Kid. This bloke comes to town, steals his girlfriend, and sort of treats him like crap. And so <laughs> it's the same here. We could literally see a Cobra Kai starring Iceman in the near future. Amazing. He says to Maverick... You've been showboating. Yes, that's completely true because they buzz the tower. You're on. You're unsafe. A hundred percent true. So it's yeah. It's hard to know now what to. He says to him, "I don't like you because you're dangerous." Maverick says, "That's right. I'm dangerous. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good thing <laughs> within the confines of their jobs." That's right. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, you could kill me. I could kill you. <laughs> I might. I might. <laughs> don't fly with me. I'm dangerous. I'm telling you. I, I will get you killed. <laughs> Please don't launch missiles at your own side. Goose. I might launch missiles at Goose. my Goose, own. don't listen to this. I might get you killed. <laughs> Just one thing. Never get in my jet wash. I'm going to get in your jet wash. <laughs> well, Goose is sad because... Maverick is fucking up their chances of even graduating and Goose has got a family and Maverick gets a date with Charlie but we've got time for a quick bit of beach volleyball Mm. in jeans I love the volleyball scene I cannot stop obsessing over the fact that Tom Cruise is playing in jeans or it's bewildering yeah it's it's like 100 degrees outside on a hot day anyway awful and then exercise in those jeans in my head as well there were women watching them there's no women watching them it's just topless men watching other topless men Um, IMDB claims uh, that there's an uncredited role in that scene for Wilson the volleyball (laughs) (laughs) in the credits that's funny Um, yes the jeans are good I mean the jeans are bad but sunglasses, uh, those kind of Ray-Bans are not to be worn. Aviators are not to be worn when you're doing volleyball. You shouldn't really be wearing a watch when you're doing volleyball. Um, dog tag shouldn't be on doing volleyball. No, none of it makes sense. That's no. not how volleyball works. Does this come from your experience in the air cadets? <laughs> no, playing volleyball. You've got a watch on. That's where you hit the ball. It'll just bounce off. Oh, I see. Um, and you crack your watch. You would. It's all completely impractical. But fit, so... Fine. But fit, yeah. Bruce Weber, those Bruce Weber books of of male art from the eighties. Yeah, that was yeah. that was that was um, Tony Scott's thing. He said, "I didn't really know how to shoot this. I didn't have a vision for it. So we basically turned it into soft porn." Yes, it's very glistening. But so is this people? You, the people moan about the male gaze. Mm. Is this male gaze or is this the female gaze done right? <laughs> It feels female gazy. It feels female gazy, apart from like you said, there's no women in the scene to give you the legitimacy to say, you know, if a female character. With the male gaze, with mm. men looking at women, there's a man looking at a woman on a film, so you, the man, feel legitimised to look at that woman in the same way. If there are no women in the scene, it does you're allowed to look, but it's there's no other woman there to, to as your way in kind of thing. So I'm not sure. Like mm. it feels more like the male gaze for men, which mm. is does it feel like you're watching something you weren't really meant to be seeing? Yeah, we're not invited to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that feels, does that make it feel a bit sexier? It depends on the mood you're in. I mean, yeah, sometimes, mm. but also sometimes no. It's not nice to not be wanted. <laughs> <laughs> like in any way do you worry that if they found out you were watching it they'd be like what the fuck are you doing and they'd be really sad yeah, yeah and then it wouldn't be fun anymore crying onto yeah. their bare glistening <laughs> chest the tears just flying <laughs> down their chest or it would be better if they realised I was watching and then they became like extra masculine in order to impress me more turned to the camera and went V <laughs> Of course we'd be, mm. apart from you. Tony Scott said that um, 
Suck magazine kept voting it the best scene ever. Sure. I don't know what Suck magazine is, but okay. <laughs> I'm sure they're right. Um, but anyway, he can't be late. Maverick can't be late for his date, despite playing volleyball for no reason. <laughs> Love this. <laughs> I, I, I treat this as aspirational. Like if I was still dating... I would love the confidence to turn up at a date's house and go, I'm just going to take a shower at your house. (laughs) (laughs) The whole shower thing is very confusing because... He's just been playing volleyball, so he needs a shower. But like yeah. I say, the confidence. And she's, and then thank God for her that she's like, no, I do, yeah. I do mind, actually. One of my favourite moments is yeah. where she doesn't just let She goes, I'm, you're late. Yeah. I'm hungry. Sit the fuck down. Yeah. But then also, because later he's like, now I'm going to get in the shower and I expect to see you in there. It's like, is that what you meant when you first came in? Because mm. that's rude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You've not even had these crudités that she's laid out. But also, I have just been playing volleyball, so... Give it a couple of minutes yeah, yeah. for me to wash. I and genuinely then come need in. to become clean yeah. first. Or you well, yeah. I mean it's only a bit of sweat, isn't it? It's not the end of the world. Sand, but then it's sand gets everywhere. Sand, exactly. sand gets yeah. in the crack. Chafing. And crotch sweat because of the jeans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the worst part. Just how raw it's gonna be down there. <laughs> it's fit for now. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, anyway, and the song has started, so you know that he's going to get some because the song has started. It's the second or third time we've heard it. I think it's the second time we've heard it. Yeah, and you don't. Quite I think it, it gets four outings. <laughs> yeah. They got their money's worth from Berlin. Um, so Maverick. Oh God, I hate this. I always hate this in films where he's like, "I've just come round to your house, but let's talk about my dad for a minute." <laughs> like... <laughs> I like the fact before that he sort of looks at the wine like. Are you going to pour me some fucking wine? <laughs> yeah. And it's like the wine's in the middle of the table. And it's like, he literally looks like, this is your house. Yeah. So A, pour me the wine and now shut up and listen. Well, this is it because she's like, you know, I'm, I'm going, she says the line, which is the, one of the worst written lines I've ever heard. I'm going for a big promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Who says big promotion? <laughs> Give the detail or don't tell the fucking story. <laughs> like, so she's banging on about her big promotion. But then he's like, banging on. <laughs> banging on. Bang. Hanging on about it. She won't shut up. I'm going for a big promotion. But then he's like, are you going to pour the wine? And then I was like, I I don't know you, Charlie, because you've got a bottle of wine in front of you. Is your promotion story that interesting? You're like, God, sorry, I forgot to pour the wine. Oh, I'm leaving. This is boring. Anyway, um, yeah, so Maverick's dad is dead and it's classified. We're going to rule of three because Goose has mentioned his dad before. But he says, you're flying against a ghost or something. A bit on the nose. Um it's classified. It's it's boring. And even when it's resolved, it is, and his viper is like, your dad was a hero, son. Well, of course yeah. he was. <laughs> Yawn, who cares? Um, but we're going to meet Goose's family. It's Meg Ryan. <laughs> and she just looks incredible. It's just so nice to see her. It's mm. always so nice to see her. She's brilliant. She's radiant. They're a lovely family. And it's good writing and brilliant casting. And the kid is good. Because once you know what's going to happen to him, it's it's mean to be like, Andy had a family. But it does work because Maverick, because he's Maverick, is all alone. Um, so then we've got another sports movie bit. I don't really know what's going on here, but I know that Ice is in first and Maverick is second. Don't know what's happening. I don't know what oh, the yeah, exercise the, is. The scoring system's totally... It's a, it's I think disaster. they need that. They, they need some actual legitimate I've points. Written, I've written down scoreboards. Yeah, exactly. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Just write that Just down. Put it because... on screen as a graphic. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all the aerial camera work again is just incredible. So Maverick goes after Viper, but he doesn't do it right. And then it's like you said when he's like, that was bad, but I like it. He's like, that's the best flying I've ever seen. 
right up to the part where you got killed, which is the same uh, message, I think. <laughs> so The old switcheroo. The old switcheroo. Do you yeah, love me or hit me? I don't... Viper and Jester, they've been working on their double X. <laughs> you, do, you do the da-da-da-da, I like it, and I'll do the da-da-da-da until you got killed. <laughs> Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to the stage. It's Viper and Chester. <laughs> the point, I like it. <laughs> and the point of the narrative is Maverick. He's still Maverick. He's not learning anything, God damn it. But then it does have consequence. So I, I've got lots of thoughts about this scene. Maverick loses control of the plane in the next sports movie section bit. And it's, it's the jet wash scene. Yeah, so basically it read to me... He's jockeying for position to get the shot with Iceman and he's not listening and he's like, I want to do it, basically. Maverick does. Mm, I know it's yeah. I know this isn't what it is. Right. But then because of that, something happens, something jet wash, mm. and the plane goes into a spin. Something, something, jet wash. Jet wash. And then it, the plane spins out of control and he can't get it back. Um, so they have to eject. Mm. And Goose doesn't survive. I re- the- yeah. I remember as a kid being very puzzled about how Goose died. I wasn't sure. I think I worked out in the end, obviously. He breaks his neck when Ooh. he hits the cockpits because he doesn't. it doesn't clear in time or something. Yeah. But they do go, I think you said it, you said after the accident they go out of their way to show you yeah. that Maverick wasn't responsible. Even beforehand, they're doing legwork there because it, you hear Goose, who never says anything like this previously, he's saying to Maverick, get in there, get behind Iceman. He's the one yeah. demanding that they go as close as possible. Mm. So therefore, it's not Maverick going, I'm going to do it, and Goose going, actually... Yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a huge error. And it's also part of a rewrite they had to do, though, because the Navy wouldn't let them shoot a mid-air collision. Yeah. They didn't want that to be seen happening at Top Gun. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they had to come up with this. And Peter Pettigrew said it was, it happened to his mate, uh, Gary Beam Barrett, had this exact same incident happen when he went into a jet wash and the centrifugal force sort of pushed him forward and he ejected for the canopy moved, but he didn't die. It right. wasn't a fatality. He, he got injured, but he, he wasn't killed. So it's something based in real life. Wow. But it's quite, it's got a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And then obviously, as you say, you've got this weird, court martial scene which is just he gets absolved three times because mm. Meg Ryan is like it was absolutely not your fault even though really we should be there to talk about how she's feeling yeah and and I mean I'm pretty sure Goose has said to her this guy's going to get me killed <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she forgives him so easily there I just yeah. don't buy she's got so much on her mind in that moment she's like but I'll take the time from my mm. shock and grief to make sure you feel okay and then we'll go to a military court so you can feel okay. And then later, Charlie's like, it's not your fault. So the film is telling me quite clearly, this had nothing to do with you, which is bonkers because his name is Maverick. Although I guess the interesting thing is that it's going to come up again in the sequel, isn't it? I mean, obviously, it will do with him training mm-hmm. Goose's son. Mm-hmm. And poor Meg Ryan won't get a chance to have her say because they've recast her. Have, have they really? They? Yeah. Oh. Did she say no? I don't know. Oh. I, mean, I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> not that time. Um... But yeah, so but it, it gets a good callback because Maverick is cautious now, so he won't take the shot. He he does he, next time he's up in the sky, he won't do the thing that he would always have done because he's sh- shaken. Mm. Um, it, there's an aspect, another link between this movie and Thursday's movie is PTSD. Both of our our yeah. guys suddenly stop doing their job yeah. because of something that's happened to them. Yeah. So he, he sort of pretends to quit. Like he, what does he do? Go to the airport, order a drink, but he hasn't got a plane ticket. Was some. Petulant. No, he was. I think he was seriously going to quit. Okay, he's hitting the ice water pretty hard yeah. in the bar. Is it ice water? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think. I think that's. I don't know why they. It's quite good because it's like you sort of expect him to be knocking back 
the uh, the whiskey, be on yeah. the hard stuff. But he picks ice water, which I, maybe that's what. Maybe you're right. Maybe he is faking leaving because yeah. he knows he's going to fly tomorrow. I was stressed, which is very telling. Charlie goes to see him. A waiter comes over, says, "What can I get you?" She says, "I'll have what he's having." Mm. So a lot of time has been spent on that scene in terms of you paid an extra to say, "What can I get you?" I'll have what he's having. And she leaves before she gets a drink. <laughs> and it really stressed me out. Because at any point I thought, you'd why set up a waiter unless they're going to interrupt a key moment where it's like, God damn it, Maverick, something, something. Drink. And it just doesn't happen. And I thought, what was the point of that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I went could, too... That's why I'm, I think it's important that we know that he's on ice water because that's the only other reason for the waiter to be there. To, yeah. So he can go... Well, it's ice water. Yeah. 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 Surely that's Val Kilmer's drink. <clears throat> right. All he drinks is ice, yeah. <laughs> when he's in that scene in the bar when they shout at her with you've lost that loving feeling, he's just downing shots of ice as far as I can tell. I don't think there's any vodka in it or anything. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, she's like, "You don't quit or whatever. I'm here just to make you feel better about yourself. She doesn't say that. Uh, so then he graduates, but there is no time to relax because there are enemy planes in the Indian Ocean somewhere. And they might attack a ship or something. And now <laughs> we are told this is hostile. You can fire, as in before Only you could. Only if you're fired upon, though. Still, they still make it clear. Oh, yeah, don't go out and start murdering people. Like the the rules of engagement. Well, yeah, are the, same. But the other the other planes, uh, the anonymous planes, have clearly been told. Yeah, don't wait for them to fire. Fire yeah. immediately. Maybe they're better at war. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. So apparently, there was a script doctor called Warren Starren, or Starren, who had a pass at Scarin. the Scarren. Scarren, mm-hmm. who had a pass at the script, and so this was to try. This is good because it works. But the baddies are from nowhere, so let's just clear all that up. So if you look at the the colours of their insignia on the aircraft, at one point they, you know, at one point they were Russian, at one point they were North Korean. The colours matched to China, but they didn't have aircraft carriers in the Indian Ocean at the time, so it can't be them. So it's no one, and that's fine. There we are. It is, you know, it's unusual mm. to have a battle against no one. You can you can say one thing about Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson. They they know not to alienate any audience. Yes, Commercial as fucking possible. Mm. <laughs> you can put this on anywhere, mm. and it's fine. Um, so the callback to the spin, Maverick gets into a spin, but he controls it this time. So he disengages and then he re-engages, uh, which is a good callback. And I know. He... it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know about the logic. I don't know whether it's like, I'm going to turn the plane around. No, I'm turning the plane around again. It's sort of like <laughs> there are lots of enemy planes up there. It's like yeah. you're sort of, I'm driving away. Oh, well, let me do it Fuck at 118. It. Come back. <laughs> yeah. And he rescues, he sort of rescues Iceman because he can't leave his wingman because he's learning that you can't do that. Uh, the baddies are dispatched. It's all brilliant. Um, there's a lot of hugging on the aircraft carrier mm. at this point. Val was not happy. Really? With the yeah, hugging? he didn't have. He didn't like having to say the line. Which what line? line? He Thank says. You. He says, "You, you are still dangerous, but you can be my wingman anytime." It's a okay. famous line, but he said it felt corny and it didn't feel like something that Iceman would say. He hasn't said much, to be honest. <laughs> so I don't know. What you get yeah, that but right. he does that biting thing, doesn't he? He and does. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, Cruz and Scott weren't expecting that in that scene. Fucking hell, no uh, one would be. <laughs> uh, uh, they said it was odd, but it felt right. It does. It's it's a brilliant movie moment because you go, whoa, whoa, wow, what's happened? But I can see why we might be leaning into a sexual interpretation of a shower scene. I forgot to say the bit where Goose dies, Viper comes in, doesn't he? And Tom Cruise is in his pants. Oh, yeah, and he tells him you've got to get over it. He's, 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 like, he's literally just died. He's ten minutes ago, he died. <laughs> get over it, son. These things happen. Okay. <laughs> 
But the thing I most noticed though on the, when everyone's hugging each other is, oh, there's Tim Robbins. He's, yeah. been, he's been in this film the whole time. Well, he's in at the start, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but you just, you just don't see his face very clearly. It's just funny that you've got this very famous actor yeah. and he's just in the background. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's been tied up. The two men are friends and then we need to tie up Maverick and Charlie with this music callback. Which even though it's like it's a very, you know, it's a good love song and it's a sexy song and all the rest. It's just such a, it's just an awful scene. I can't bear it. Well, apparently it's better than what they had before. Before they had, it was taking place on the tarmac. Right. Uh, 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 um, by the planes and apparently she was just terrible in it. And so they had to come up with something else and this was the best they could come up with at the last minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Corny. It's but it just doesn't. You you see her in the doorway and she says something like, "I thought you'd be here. Why?" And then she's backlit and it's meant to be amazing. And you're just like, "Oh God, it's you." <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't know why. It's very Conair. Yeah. Oh, Conair is very this. Yeah. Mm. But I have um, drunk in that bar and it's good fun. The piano's there. Really. You can go and sit at the piano. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I mean, I forgive this last scene because. As the music plays, you get, and I, I love this in any movie, where you get shots of the actors from the film oh, yeah. as the song yeah, plays. Yeah, and it's that. really, it's a nice touch that it's Goose that pops up first. Yeah, and it goes a long way to, it's exactly what you said before about it. As long as you, when you enter the cinema, if you sit down on the first five minutes, blow your head off, and then you leave with a good feeling, or you maybe you've said that before, Chris, like, you will just walk out going, do you know what, that was great. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter what happened the five, the ten minutes before where he looks at the jukebox and he's like, oh, is she, what's she? because you're like yay that was you exactly <laughs> Con Air is, uh, it earns so many points for doing exactly this thing yeah. with Sweet Home Alabama playing mm. and you're like oh yeah that was so much it. fun but it was also brilliant for the other two hours yeah, that's true. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that was my 24 principle that 24 is really bad for 35 minutes but the five minutes at the beginning and end are so good it doesn't matter you think yeah. you've seen something amazing it does lift you it's so funny <laughs> you're like oh there's my friends it's a weird feeling um so yeah, that's it. Um, I'd said before about people arguing that Top Gun killed the movies, about movies being packaged by, not by if they're any good, but can they be sold? Um, this is from an article in GQ by Mark Harris, which is like, when you say sold, do you mean you mean sold on the first weekend? You've got to be able to get people in the cinema on the first weekend or you are dead. And the way you do that is not to have a slow burn, word of mouth hit, which maybe has got a bit more of a complicated story or whatever else. You just smash people over the head with music and explosions and whatever else. And that's still that's still something that happens today. I mean, that is how movies work today. Like, remember the Greatest Showman story? Like, it had a terrible opening weekend. Yeah. But then it like, was a massive success by word of mouth. And that was such a story because it is so rare for a yeah. movie to grow and grow over. I think it was like 14 weeks in the end it hung around the top 10. Yeah, and it also it didn't just influence movies. It influenced music. It influenced fashion. You know, aviators, those frigging bomber jackets. I bought one of those bomber jackets, although it was as much because of Memphis Bell as Tom Gun. Oh man, <laughs> wow! <sad> is that? <laughs> Memphis Bell. <laughs> Me and my mate reckoned that is Memphis Bell the best film that's no one's favourite film. <laughs> um, but even like they put recruitment booths at the back of cinemas to sign to sign people up really it, yeah this was like this sort of changed the world a little bit not in necessarily completely positive ways if you had to join the services would you join the army navy or air force choose army choose really yes you would actually because you respond to discipline you choose i like the sea <laughs> you don't have to sound scared okay i feel why? like i'm being recruited also, choose. <laughs> also why did you just say i respond to discipline you do 
He's, I don't think. I think if you weren't doing this podcast, you'd be in the army. Like, is this, is this or the army? I didn't like being told what to do when I did CCF. What's CCF? Combined, it's like junior army, combined cadet forces, where you're with real soldiers. Yeah, you it's, might not have been like told what to do, but you were in the CCF, <laughs> so they kind of undermined. No, I wanted to leave. Actually, I wouldn't be in the army. I wanted to leave. Why were you really? in it then? Oh, it was compulsory. I didn't really have a choice. By you, at school, it was for soldiers, thing. it's compulsory. <laughs> Are you in the army? Are you in the TA? Shh. I'm undercover. I would also choose the navy because I, I like to travel. So. Yeah, I'll take the navy. I, I like boats. Can you? You can be a navy pilot as well. So I could, I could, I could circumvent answering your question by going. Yeah. I'll be in the navy because I, I, I'd like to be at sea. I think. Yeah, me too. With all those boys. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not susceptible to a services recruitment advert because they're not for me. But of all the ones, the navy one works. Mm. Where it's like, oh, you get to go to loads of places for free. Yeah. It wasn't a recruitment. I was just thinking, was that to be frank? It was to be frank. What? The advert. Isn't that drugs? I can't remember. I don't. Th- I don't know if it was. Join the Navy, see the world. Was their yeah. tagline for a, that? I that mean, works. a long time ago. The guy skiing down the hill, and right. it was like, "This is Frank," and it was like, "To be frank, no, it was either join the army or stop taking drugs." <laughs> It yeah. was one of No, Frank was the drugs. <laughs> yes, yeah. All, All right. right, let's move on. Yeah, how long am I going to feel like that? That's to talk to Frank. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good advert. All right, uh, the bits then. Unless, oh, have I missed anything? No, no, no. no I don't no. think so. All right then. Uh, so what was your best scene, Alex? Uh, you didn't really talk much, as I anticipated, about the action sequences. Um, what can you say? That they're fucking epic. Yeah, yeah. The bit, uh, mine is the, the first aerial combat training fight where they're taking on Jester. Um, when Maverick slams on the brakes, he goes, I'll slam on the brakes and he'll fly right by. And I'm like, I wonder if that's going to look as good in 1986 as it yeah. does in my head. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. It's, and Michael Ironside's reaction shot, he's like, Whoa, what just happened? <laughs> it's so good. Um, so, yeah. Is it's it's that moment. I think it's great. I'd never seen anything like it. Okay. What about you? Uh, I don't really understand any of the action sequences, if right. I'm honest. Um, but I'm going to pick one. The end of an action scene. Goose's death gets me every single time. Mm. I really get emotional. I don't. I, it creeps up on me. Yeah. So I'm picking that. Yeah, where they're winching his lifeless body oh, into the that helicopter. Is brutal. Yeah. Cruz really sells it when he's trying to hold on to him. It's, it's... you got to let go, sir. <laughs> God. I mean, I, I wasn't laughing, but... I... <laughs> Why did you find that funny? <laughs> just, I, just, like, oh, no. I don't know, because I thought he killed him. So I was like, it's a bit late now to be sorry. <laughs> I did. Uh, well, mine is also an action sequence, but it's like the establishing stuff at the start. So after the title card, mm. basically, welcome to pilot school. Is it planes landing on the aircraft carrier to danger zone? Yes. Yeah. Is it B-roll? <laughs> is it B-roll or plane? So that's one of the yeah. scenes that um, Tony Scott said he was sacked three times from this film. Yeah. And that was one of them. He shot all those scenes basically in slow motion and Bruckheimer Simpson said, this is no good, you're sacked. And they rehired him. Then they said that he made Kelly McGillis look beautiful but too whorish. Ooh. So he sacked sacked him for that, and then he also. I tell you what, though, she is wearing line stockings. Yes. So and she's <laughs> he, meant to be at work. So Charlie Pinkon. He's laughing in that scene during the commentary. He's laughing when she's walking up there because of those stockings. Who does that? I mean, do you want to be taken seriously? It's I mean, it's, the world is unfair, Charlie. But get with it. I was reading somewhere the other day when you ran out of when those. Sto- oh God! Don't say this to me. What? What you draw a line at the back of your leg with eyeliner? Apparently so. In World War Two. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Stop saying yes. Let's carry on. Are I, you denying that happened? No, I'm not denying. That. I'm just saying 
everybody knows that and I, nobody does it now. I only found out the other day. It's, Why is it of interest well, to you? It's because it's just it's topical. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It is topical. Well, I mean, it, I tell you what, you do raise a slightly interesting point, which was to be respectable, you had to be wearing stockings. And so if you didn't have any because there was a war on, mm. better to draw a line up the back of your leg than look like you were <laughs> naked, I guess. I don't know. Um... I've lost my place now. You were saying how much you like the planes landing to danger zone. I do, yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay, great. So your most valuable whatever, Chris? Anthony Edwards. Oh, yeah. I think he's great in this film. And I don't know what happened. Suddenly he suddenly he was like 50 years old and in ER. Yeah. It's and that really was quite soon after. <laughs> it was quite soon after this. What's his, is he Dr. Green? Or yes. is that George Green? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's brilliant in ER as well. But um, he is yeah, I, I love him in this and I wish he hadn't died. I wish he was back for the sequel. Yeah. You? Uh, Cruz, I honestly, you know, you watch this and you can see an actor become a movie star in just over 90 minutes or Scott, because, uh, you know, I just, like this created a whole style of shooting cinema in the golden hour. And I love it. Yeah. Mine is the song Take My Breath Away mm, of course by Berlin. Good choice. Very, very good choice. Thanks, Chris. Uh, what would you change, Alex? What is Cougar doing in an airplane at the start? <laughs> I mean, wrong, wrong profession. And <laughs> surely, based on last week's change, you you don't want Goose to die. You don't... <laughs> <laughs> I've wondered. No more characters I've die wondered. in any movies ever because it makes me sad. I've wondered if you were going to let the Fredo thing go. No, no. I might even do a poll. <laughs> Uh, also uh, simply don't follow women into the toilets after they've said I don't want to have sex with you and assume that they suddenly do on the sink <laughs> it's just such a funny I don't know he's like but I'm me I'm cheeky it's fine <laughs> yeah, be cheeky outside the women's toilets then <laughs> and also what if she'd been like having a poo or something in the like, sink I'm in the toilet oh right <laughs> we've done it before she's gone she hasn't gone in the toilet been like meet me in the toilet she's gone in the toilet to use the toilet so what if she needed five minutes or whatever and then he walks in and he's like it's an assumption she might not be using the, she might be you know putting a line up the back of her that's true with that's true because she does like those stockings yeah. she's like damn it I've run out good, good callback <laughs> thank you that it, was good it made the whole mention earlier worthwhile it did that's why you are paid the medium bucks <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Chris what would you change uh, I'm making a change to Top Gun Maverick not this film <laughs> Are you? For the sequel, um, as I don't think this film will be, this scene will be in the sequel, I think it should be. So what should happen is at the start of Top Gun Maverick, uh, Goose's son, Rooster, played by Miles Teller, should say to Maverick, hey, Mr. Ha- Mr. Maverick, I hear you've got my dad's dog tags. I'm his son. Can I have them? And then Tom Cruise will have to explain why the hell he chucked those dog tags yeah. in the sea. Yeah, they don't is. belong to you. They bad. go to his kid. That's true. That's true. That's Goose wasn't even lost at sea. It's no. like, they'll be with you down there. Yeah, even though your body is somewhere else. Everything in this film is about him. So he's like, I feel all right about Goose's death now. Fuck his wife and child. And he just discards yeah. the last thing. Yeah. Please, like, Mr. Maverick, can I have my dad's dog Please, packs? I barely remember him, but I know he loved me so. Because my mum my, uh, my asked for them back in the day and you said you were going to hang on to them for her. You wouldn't even give them to her. It's a good point. Mine is, which you might be able to guess because I think I alluded to it, I think it should be at least partially Maverick's fault that Goose dies. Like, maybe he got the jet wash thing, maybe whatever, but there should be a, a thing that was his fault. Not enough for a court martial on this, that and the other, or there's a bit of ambiguity. Because then 
he's got <laughs> something that he could learn from. Because w- when he goes back up in the sky after Goose dies, what has he learned? That planes are dangerous? Yeah, they're dangerous. You knew that when you signed up. So what has he learned to change his ways? So maybe, maybe Goose gets injured a little bit on the way out of the cockpit, lands in the sea, and then Maverick gives him something too heavy to hold, and <laughs> he drowns. No. And so he's sort of partially responsible. No, not that. Right. He's partially responsible for the manoeuvre that puts the plane in a spin. Hold my typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> and he does because he loves him so much. You're the only family I've earned. <laughs> Take my dog tags, look after them. <laughs> Make sure my son doesn't become a pilot. This shit is lethal. There's one thing I want you to do. Never let Rooster, as he will be known, become a pilot. <laughs> and then the hand, the Titanic hand, down he goes. I'll never let go, Goose. Rooster, is it? Got a job for you. <laughs> okay, good, done. That's it. Excellent. Shall we do a quiz? Let's do a quiz. So, Alex... Mm. Uh, for Christmas last week, you got me a game called uh, Sloppy Synopses. <laughs> yes, I did. Which was sort of messed up synopses of films and you had to guess what the film was. Uh, have you played it? Uh, yeah, well, we played it in the pub. Yeah, I mean, since then. No. Oh. <laughs> I will. Okay. With who? Uh, uh, I don't know. Oh, oh. My other friends. I just sort of wanted to... <laughs> my, my real mates. My foot had curtain on your life for a moment. My, my, like what I saw. my football friends. So I wrote some... As you said, you'd Is played... Is it fever pitch? As you said, you'd played the game already. <laughs> Is it goal? <laughs> Is it fever pitch, though? <laughs> and you knew all the answers. I've had to make up some of my own. So these are all films we've previously done on Ooh. the podcast. Okay. So there's your... Uh, sort of unifying clue. Okay. First one. A woman who looks after animals finds love and stops wearing glasses. A woman who looks after animals finds love with a pugilist and stops wearing glasses. Oh. What's a pugilist again? Oh, I know what a pugilist is. Why can't I think of it? <laughs> if I tell him what a pugilist is, yeah, he's going to get it. Yeah, don't that's oh. not fair. Okay, well, I'm sort of a on, woman... on the back foot with this. Then. Well, the, yeah, that's fine. It's just because you don't know something, so you should be on the back foot if you don't I mean, know I've got to tell him I'll be here all day. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> the look at your pleading. No, let me have as long as I want. A woman who looks after animals finds love with a boxer and stops wearing glasses. Oh, Rocky! Correct! <laughs> Is Adrienne a vet? Uh, no, she's got she, the pets in the shop. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. Uh, uh, number two. A father sacrifices himself so his daughter's boyfriend can live. A father sacrifices himself so his daughter's boyfriend and everyone else on earth can live. Uh, Armageddon. Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I will say to the uh, makers of the uh, card game Sloppy Synopses, uh, yours are more fun. <laughs> Carry on, Chris. <laughs> Drunk bloke spends 24 hours on roof. The hangover. Correct! <laughs> uh, angry man turns his Scottish apartment into a duplex. Oh, um, shallow grave. Correct! Oh. <laughs> uh, workaholic lawyer forgets who he is, then remembers who he is and hangs out with some children. Liar, liar. No, we haven't done that on the podcast. Are these all from the podcast? I mean, that was the unifying clue at the start. Oh, shit. When I said we've done all these films previously, <laughs> oh, that's what that meant. Workaholic lawyer. lawyer. forgets who he is, then remembers who he is and hangs out with some children. Oh, that's hard. I just want to keep saying liar, liar. He's an iconic again. character from literature. Charles Dickens. <laughs> oh, um, Miracle on 34th Street. No. Oh, um... He is a child trapped in a man's body. 
Fucking oh, thingy. It's um, big. Dumb big. <laughs> <laughs> Trapped in a man's body. You can fly, you can fly, you can fly, you can fly. Oh, hook. Correct. Yay. <laughs> and final clue. Um, clever man eats lots of potatoes. <laughs> oh, shit. I remember now. Oh, God. Good film. Yeah. Oh... Clever man eats lots of potatoes, not on earth. Oh, the Martian. Correct. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Vicky, you nailed it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank well you. played, Vicky. Thank you. Well done. Wasn't that fun? I remember it being fun, that game. It's always hard when you lose. Mm, it is. But mm. also I remember it being more fun. <laughs> well, Vicky had a lot of fun and so did I. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> not so much over here. Uh, but, you know. I mean, agree to disagree. Alex, just, you have to leave it when you lose. It hardly ever happens. Oh, yeah, because she's so good at losing. I'm not bad. She's fine. Oh, my God. In in public, (laughs) privately is different, obviously. Well done, Victoria. That was uh, well played. (laughs) Happy? No, I'm saying you're happy with that. I'm just just trying to... Paper over the cracks. You happy? Yeah. Happy. Great. Well done. That was great fun. And uh, yes, also you can buy the card game, uh, Sloppy Synopsies, uh, if you so wish. Uh, or just get Chris to do it. Whatever. Yeah. Or get Chris to do it. <laughs> card games are more fun and I tend to win. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Right then. Next week, Chris's choices. Clue? Oh, yes. Um, oh, dear. So a good clue for next week would be, <laughs> I don't know. Victoria, <laughs> it's your choices. That yeah. was my mistake. What's the clue? Yeah, exactly. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just hadn't changed it on here. It still says Chris's Vicky, clue. what's your clue? Are you ready? Yes. Mm. Is this seat taken? Very good. It's, it's so good. It's a good clue. It's yeah, so good. One more time. Is this seat taken? Great clue. Very good clue. Great clue. Okay, that is your clue for next week's pairing. But before then, we're back on Thursday talking Days of Thunder. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate, and indeed review us if you've got the time. It's a great help. And check in with us on Twitter and Instagram where we are at ClashPod. Back on Thursday. This was a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.